So <clears throat> then we come now to the fifth talk on the Metta Sutta. So uh, I guess on Monday I said there'd be four parts, but because of the five-part week, uh, you know, I divided into five parts. And so we come to the last part, and uh, it should be there on the YouTube uh, description of the YouTube underneath um, if you want to read along with me. And also, if you don't, uh, not on YouTube, and you can find this, uh, my translation of this in um, in the homepage for IMC's website under uh, Reflections from Gill on the bottom right-hand corner there. And um, but let me read you the last section. So the section before talks about cultivating loving-kindness, metta, goodwill, in a boundless way in the unlimited way. And uh, meaning it's not uh, held in check or restricted by any attachments, any hostility, any greed, uh, any kind of way in which we um, define and limit uh, ourselves. And there's a kind of openness and freedom uh, within which or in which uh, this goodwill, this good heart can kind of radiate. And then it goes on and it says, standing or walking, sitting or lying down, as long as one is alert, may one remain with this recollection, with this perspective. This is called a sublime abiding here and now. This is a sublime abiding here and now. So abiding means a way of living, a way of of existing, um, and uh, whether you're sitting quietly in meditation or you're going about your life, there's a sense of that we're kind of <clears throat> resting in a lot of goodness. There are resting in, uh, in the case of loving kindness, resting in loving kindness, resting in goodwill. And in a sense, it's almost like a disposition. It's almost like a, um, a, um, attitude that just comes along with us as opposed to something we keep practicing. And for it to be that way, then uh, whether we're standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, and whatever we're doing when we're awake during the day, uh, it really is really imperative not to be caught up in our thoughts, not to be ruminating, not to be uh, lost in preoccupations, not to be involved in resentments and annoyances and complaints and everything that's wrong. In particular, not to be caught up and involved with negative self-thinking. And, um, and a lot of what Buddhism focuses on is the absence of anything unwholesome in the mind and the heart. So the, the, one of the description, descriptions of the ultimate goal in Buddhism is to be free of greed, hatred, and delusion. And we realize that the hatred and delusion and greed are kind of embedded, can be embedded very, very subtly in us. And some people say, well, being free of greed, hate, and delusion is not good enough. We should have a greater goal, like, for example, love. But um, it's pretty wonderful to be free of greed, hate, and delusion. Uh, greed, hate, and delusion causes a lot of harm to ourselves and others. And just simply be free of these things. And so, like being free of any negative self-thinking, 
being free of any hostility towards oneself, any criticalness, and be free of any idea that you're anything less than beautiful. There was a song from, I think, about 30 years ago that uh, the lyrics went, How could anyone ever tell you that you're anything less than beautiful? How can anyone ever tell you that you're less than whole? Well, some people tell themselves that. And so as a minimum, what we're trying to do in Buddhist practice is to free ourselves from that and have an experience of ourselves without the negative self-thinking. And to somehow uh, feel confident that it's okay to do so, that there's no authority that's hanging over us, telling us that we should be, uh, that we're wrong, we're bad, we're uh, somehow less than or unacceptable in some way. And to let go of all this negative self-talk, to let go, let go of all the ideas that more, 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 only if I have more, then I'll be happy. Only if I get more, then I'll have more. Then I'll be happy, then I'll be respected, then people will love me or something. Greed is also a way of limiting this good heart. And so how could anyone ever tell you that you need more to be beautiful? How could anyone ever tell you that you need more in order to be whole? <clears throat> your wholeness and your beauty doesn't depend on getting more things and having more experiences. <clears throat> it's already here waiting for us. So to rest in that and find that attitude and just trust that <clears throat> and then live that uh, in our lives, to carry it with us, remember it. And so to remember to have a kind regard as we go through the life. So this is kind of what the text is saying. And then it goes on to say, <clears throat> whoever is virtuous, endowed with vision, not taken by views, and having overcome all greed for sensual pleasure. So I'll read the last line later, but virtuous. To be virtuous is, again, to not be caught in the constrictions of uh, unwholesomeness. Not to be caught in meanness and hostility towards anyone or greed in relationship to other people. Um, it's a living from a very different place than from greed, hatred, and delusion. Endowed with vision, to be quiet enough and still enough or calm enough so we can really see clearly in a way we can't when we're agitated and spinning in thoughts and jumping from one thought to the other and jumping to, con to conclusions. Endowed with vision, to be able to see well what's going on here. And then not taken by views means not to be involved in fixed views, not to be attached to a particular view. There are views, ideas, opinions which have some value, uh, interpretations that have some value, but when we hold on to them tight and insist that we're right and this is the right way, uh, it tends to cause harm to self and others. And Buddhism puts a tremendous emphasis on not holding on to fixed views and, um, and being uh, fluid and relaxed and, and uh, flexible with things and not insisting always our views has to be hammered into other people. And overcoming all greed for sensual pleasure. So these are very high level of uh, maturity in Buddhist practice. Uh, so this is kind of the, 
kind of talking about where Buddhist practice is meant to go, uh, to evolve, to drop into, to uh, to be virtuous, endowed with vision, not taken by views, and overcoming all greed for sensual pleasures. Sensual pleasures are okay, it's the greed that's the problem. If you do all those things, then uh, you will not, the text goes on and says, one will not be reborn again. And um, and this is a code word, code expression phrase, not being reborn again, for a heart which is liberated, because a mind that has a heart mind that has no clinging, no grasping, no attachment. Uh, the theory goes that when you die, um, the the heart won't reach out and grab on and to the next attachment, to the next life, and that uh, without that um, attachment, that greed. Uh, we allow the uh, what in Buddhism is considered a beautiful thing, a freedom, to be the the end result of a, of life and end of life. We kind of let go into a kind of a freedom, not one more grasping. We've done enough grasping in our life, and and uh, to come back and grasp grasp more in Buddhism is not considered ideal. I tend to interpret this stuff about rebirth as being. Uh, how we get uh, born and reborn moment by moment, day by day. And, um, and that when we no longer get reborn, this moment, moment way, then we live in freedom. We also live in love or in goodwill or in metta. And this is one of the great things about um, liberation. It really releases and frees up the goodness of the heart, the goodness that we all have and uh, the goodwill that's there, the compassion that's there, the, the care we have for our fellow humans and our fellow hu- living beings on this planet. Maybe care even for the planet itself. That um, uh, we see in the text, in the ancient text, the teachings of the Buddha, that uh, with liberation uh, comes an ease, easy access to all four of the Brahma-viharas, to, to uh, metta, Karuna, mudita, upekka, to loving kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. So these things, in a sense, live in us, and uh, and uh, they get revealed. They have a chance when we've let go of all the things that get in the way, and some of the things that get in the way is not believing in ourselves, not believing and trusting and valuing um, uh, the goodness, our own, the goodness of the good heart that we have. And, um, and uh, it can seem like other things are so much more important. But I'd like to say that the good heart we have is probably the most important wealth that you have, the most important asset you have. Stay close to it, protect it, uh, allow it to grow. Uh, so much goodness, so much wonderfulness comes when the good heart has a breathing room to be part of our lives. And when we lose contact with that good heart, then uh, in a Buddhist perspective, we're impoverished. And, um, and, no, no, and no amount of wealth and, and uh, defensiveness and acquisition um, will ever be enough 
to 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 fulfill us. We're fulfilled from the inside out when we relax and open and give room, breathing room, for our good heart. So the Metta Sutta, the Discourse on Loving Kindness. And um, so I hope that my, my uh, spending this week with it is a nice thing. It's a wonderful text. And uh, you might uh, consider uh, memorizing it. Uh, it's said in Buddhism that uh, it's one of the uh, protective chants. Uh, that if you have these chants and you can say them to yourself, uh, they protect you. And uh, the loving-kindness one in particular is that. And uh, probably it protects you most from yourself. And that's probably where we need the most protection. Um, but also who knows how it, uh, uh, what kind of uh, wonderful field of goodwill it helps to create uh, when we chant that text and that uh, maybe it protects us from others as well. So um, I certainly encourage you to memorize it and, and, uh, and recite it to yourself. So thank you, and may you be, um, be happy and well, and uh, appreciate yourself. Thank you. <laughs>